you get to look back on what went well or what maybe didn't go so well, turn those losses into lessons, look at your numbers, set the plan, set your targets and goals for the year to come. It's just overall a really stinking good time. So that said, this is a loaded annual review. What has happened, beautiful people? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Build Your Gym Empire podcast. I'm your host, G.R. Hoff, and you're in the right place if you're a gym owner, box owner, personal trainer, fitness pro that is looking to grow your gym, grow your business in ways that you, your team, your community, the people you serve, and not least importantly, your bank account are going to feel absolutely awesome about. Today's a bit of a rare solo episode, uh, but it's uh, on a topic that is near and dear to my heart, particularly during this time of year. So let's talk about your personal annual review. Again, it's one of my favorite times of year. By the time you're watching this, it'll be uh, probably mid-January, so you'll actually have all of your data from December and uh, 2023 all wrapped up. But it's one of my favorite times of year. You, you, you get to look back on what went well, or what maybe didn't go so well, turn those losses into lessons, look at your numbers, set the plan, set your targets and goals for the year to come. It's just overall a really, really stinking good time. So that said, this is a loaded, loaded annual review. You can actually follow along on your own if you're not listening to the car. You can go to gymmembermachine.com slash annual review. Do that as all one word. And you can download, we have a little course area that sort of walks you through all of this. It gives you a, a template of the doc that I find useful and uh, we'll dive right into it. So long story short, I need to give credit where credit's due. I have gotten a lot of this stuff from all sorts of different places over the years and sort of mixed and matched the things that I thought were super useful to me and things that maybe weren't so useful. So there's a, there's a ton in this document. You don't have to use all of it. In fact, use one piece, use whatever you feel like is useful to you, but we're going to go ahead and dive into it. So the first thing that I recommend you do when you're doing your personal annual review, this is different than an annual review that you're doing with your team members, right? We did an episode on that as one of the last couple of episodes. What this is about is your personal annual review, sort of a, a, a CEO level, personal level of, you know, your personal goals, your business, et cetera, et cetera. Now, for me, I think we should be starting with the numbers. Now, some psychology experts might say to start with some wins and whatnot, but we're going to start with the numbers. For some of you, that may feel like a win. For others, it may feel like a little bit of a loss. But the first thing we want to do is just go ahead and grab your, and our doc makes it super easy to make a copy of our uh, little little document here. But basically, really simply, you want to grab your, your sales numbers and your expense numbers from 2022, compare them to 2023, look at what the growth was, and look at what some of the patterns are. Now, the next step that you can do in our spreadsheet, if you're, if you're watching this, it's going to make a lot more sense. But the next thing that you can do is set some targets in our spreadsheet that we have for you. Again, you can download it free. It will set targets for you based on your 2023 performance in a given month, if that makes sense. Again, the spreadsheet that we have here, the workbook, that's a, it's a little bit more intensive than I want to get into in a, in a solo like podcast episode here. But long story short, you want to look at your actual data, right? People lie, numbers don't. The next thing that I feel like is useful while you have those numbers plugged in and you'll be able to see, hey, man, I really struggled this year compared to last year. I did really great. Look at the difference between August of last year and August this year, whatever it is. The next thing that I recommend you do is go through your literal calendar and go through big notches on the timeline that happened that may or may not have been sort of a catalyst for something that went down in a given month. So, you know, a lot of us have maybe big expenses that happen. You know, you pay your insurance in a lump sum, or you made a big hire, you made a big investment here, there, whatever it is, a big expansion of your facilities, whatever it might be. But you can make notes of, oh, we did this this month. Oh, we paid for this this month. Oh, this is when we hired this person. Look at our trajectory. Look at what changed, right? You can do any number of those things. You basically, you kind of want to look for attribution. So why did those numbers go down? Did we change our marketing here? 
Did we increase our ad spend? Did we get a new website? Like, what did we do? Did we start doing a bunch of content on social media, whatever it is that made this big change? And if you see a drop off and you go back and you look at your calendar, you say, man, we, we actually stopped. You know, we were doing a ton of, say, Facebook ads in April, all the way through April. And then our performance really dropped off for Q2 and Q3. And then things improved again. Well, shit, like maybe we want to go back to doing some Facebook ads, right? Whatever those things are for you, you want to look at attribution. So I see what my numbers did. What changed? Do we make a change to our programming? Do we lose a coach? Whatever happened, but look for attribution. And then what happens is you have a chance to get some lessons, right, out of those losses or some lessons from those wins, right? Some takeaways that you want to make sure that you're doing more of. So first your data, then your calendar. And what I do like to do on the calendar is to make a note of the personal and the professional things that sort of jumped out. So there's going to be some things that are sort of direct attribution to the numbers. There's going to be other things that you just want to review because this is also your personal review for the year. So for us, like, holy crap, we had our third kid (laughs) in February of this year. Uh, I tore my ACL in June, had surgery in August, right? We had a really, you know, crazy medical scare with our oldest in, in July leading into August, like there was a ton of different stuff that went down that I can sort of look at my calendar and look at the different things that went on and, and how the business was or wasn't productive and different hires and so on and so forth. And sometimes those things like, look, like you're out of commission for uh, at least a few days after your ACL surgery. So if we like miss some stuff right in August, if I wasn't as, as productive as I'd like to be, well, shoot, man, we had that. We had the, the kiddo hospital scare right before that surgery. And then that oldest started kindergarten, right? Like there's a bunch of different stuff going on there and a bunch of transitions that may make for a less productive month. We can look back at it and be like, okay, all right, this is why this happened. Is there a lesson there? Maybe, maybe not. You know, don't play basketball with 18 year olds and try to destroy them. But you just want to review your calendar first. And I literally go into my Google calendar, go all the way back to January and then go week by week and look at, oh, you know, this is where I had a meeting with this person or what have you. And sometimes there are things that stick out. There are things, oh man, you know what? I really need to go back to doing this type of meeting with, these people on my team, or I really should be doing less of this or more of that or whatever it is. But the point is you're gathering, you're dumping information that can then be used more usefully in later portions of this review process. So the next thing that I like to do after I've gotten the numbers, I've gotten the data, and then I go to my calendar and I've looked at that is I want to dig into the losses, the mistakes, the food for thoughts. But I kind of want to bring myself down a little bit before I start bringing myself up again to talk about goals and whatnot. So here's the deal. Unless you just did absolutely nothing last year, you probably made some stinking mistakes, right? I hope you did because otherwise you're just a lazy sack of shit that didn't try anything. And so most of us have losses or mistakes or things that we wish we would have done better. I want to turn those losses into lessons, right? I also have a a space here just for like food for thought things. So if you're, if you're watching this on the screen, you might be able to see like weight loss, the stick works for me, right? So from a personal perspective, I am, you may not believe it based on the, the image that you see in the camera here, but I'm about the lightest that I've been in probably 10 years or so. And why did that happen? Well, me and my other co-host here, we did a bet where we had to pay a hundred bucks for every pound we were over our given weight target that we set individually, right? Before that last uh, mastermind event, right? For, for the gym Pyre stuff. And guess what? I don't like losing and I don't like losing money and that works. <laughs> and so for me, like the stick can be a very powerful motivator. It's not always like, oh, let me put a picture on the wall of how I want to look. Like, no, it's good. If it's going to make my wallet sting, like I'm probably going to work pretty hard and, and clean up my food and do what it takes to like get myself to a given level again. So for me, the stick works. There may be other things that are more useful. Like that's not a loss, right? That's just sort of a food for thought. Now, other things that were losses for us, like I made some real, how should I t- say this? 
I had some real leadership challenges in the past year where we had a couple of different employee issues where I either let something become sort of cancerous too long, right? I didn't do a good job with it, with the leadership of this individual. Now, you could make the argument that, you know, because this person basically kind of, they, they fell off communication. We had them handling a couple of accounts and they started to like not execute as well on those accounts. And basically, long story short, I think we let that go too far before fixing. And so what might be a lesson? Because we ended up having to let that employee go. So what might be a lesson for that? Well, we didn't really, we weren't doing EOWs. We weren't doing in a week check-ins at that time, right? So we, at this point, we have a form where at the end of every single week, our team sends in a check-in that sort of like touches base on how things are going. What's their capacity like? How are they feeling? Things like that. Do they need any additional support or tools, et cetera, to complete whatever it is they're doing in their job? And we didn't have that for that individual. So you can just say, hey, this person was a total piece of shit, right? And they were a bad person. You can say that, and that might make you feel better. I don't know that that actually makes you or your business better over the long haul. So for me, even if that person was kind of like acting like a piece of shit at that time, right? I'm not going to say that person is a POS, but they were kind of acting like it, right? Even if they were, does that make me or my business better? Absolutely not. So what can we take from that? Well, I didn't put in accountability structures in place to be able to know if that person was over capacity. And then when performance dropped, we sort of waited and almost like hoped because if it's me and I know my performance is bad, then I'm going to work like hell to fix it. Well, it turns out not everybody thinks like us, right? And so some people are just like, mm, performance is bad. Like deal with it. They keep paying me. They keep paying me. Cool. Fine. So what did we do to basically allow that behavior to take place? Because I think there's a number of things we could have done better in that situation, which number one, yeah, like keeping track of capacity, keeping our, our finger on the pulse of projects a little bit better. Maybe, hey, once the first time we notice something sort of slipping in a given area, we reach in and try to do some sort of leadership and management intervention, try to help that person improve their performance, right? And then if that performance doesn't improve, instead of dragging out, because this process really was probably like a three or four month process where the, the person really struggled, you just kind of maybe need to make the cut. And we've done better at making cuts sooner when we see performance that just, you know, goes shit. And so that's an example of a decent leadership lesson. Now, there may be other lessons. Maybe, you know, we see folks all the time that they turn their ads off and it's like, fine, because you feel like you're saving money for the uh, immediate sort of first month that you turn your ads off. And you probably have trials that were on trial or people who've just signed up and you're like, well, gosh, it seems like my profit is better the month after I turn off the ads. Like, yeah, it's better the month after you turn it off. Now look at the next three months, right? Because if you don't get things back on immediately, your pool of trials is lower. You have no momentum. All those leads that were coming through your website, turns out a lot of that can come from cold traffic, right? There's all these different like downstream consequences. And you say, man, I probably don't want to just turn off ads when things get tough again. Maybe I want to look at other ways to save on cash or just create more cash, right? Instead of trying to turn off the literal faucet that is the lifeblood of your business, right? Is that to say it's always a bad decision to turn off ads? No, but in a lot of cases, we've seen this happen with gym owners where it's like, oh my gosh, I just got a surprise bill. We need to turn all this off. And it's literally the worst thing that they could do in that situation because three months later, like, I have no cash. I might need to close the business. Like, what do I do? Well, we probably should go back three months before you turn stuff off, turn it back on again. And now you have these trials that you can turn into referrals and maybe let's sell higher price packages and do all these different things that you can do to sell yourself out of whatever hole you're in instead of turning off the literal like lifeblood that can make this thing, you know, all work for you. So again, this is your spot to take those losses, take, take, take those losses 
and turn them into lessons. Now from there, right, which you maybe don't necessarily feel super great about because you were going to have to take extreme ownership of things you did wrong over the course of the year. From there, we want to dive into wins. So what went really well for you this year? What things are you proud of personally and professionally? What types of things do you want to celebrate, right? You don't just always need to be looking at more, more, more. I think it's fair for us as entrepreneurs because a lot of us are hard charging. We always look at the deficit, right? We look at sort of the gap versus the gain. How far are we from where we want to go? You know, we had our best year ever and we still have so far that we want to go. And it's really easy for us to just sit in that and be discouraged about how far we have to go. Where instead, I would argue that there are certainly times where you should look at how far you've come and what you've accomplished because that can be a very fun, motivating thing. So plug in all of your wins. Don't be shy about them. Brag. Give yourself a pat on the back. God forbid, you probably deserve one. You don't give yourself one often enough. From there, now that we've gotten empowered a little bit, we've shown that we can make some wins, have some gratitude. From there, I want you to look into your goals, right? And so for me, a lot of times thinking about the long-term vision stuff is a lot harder. And what I've found in talking to clients is that when I'll, I'll ask them like, so where do we think we want things to be in say three years, five years? How far can you think out? They're like, yeah, I don't even know like what I want things to look like in a year. And so I would challenge you to put some time into thinking about at minimum, where do you think you want things to be in a year? Because what you want things to look like in a year will be deeply instructive to the actions that you need to take between now and then to basically bring your business and your life to that point. So if I want to look like a freaking bodybuilding supermodel, whatever the heck, you know, Thor, then like there's a lot that's going to have to change, right? In the next year, including probably some like TRT as all the influencers are doing these days. So you're going to have to think about, all right, I want to be here in a year. What actions have to take place in order for that goal, that target to become a reality? And so in the doc that we have for you, again, you can get this for free, gymmembermachine.com slash annual review on one word. I recommend throwing goals from a bunch of different categories in there, right? Like the, I think, I feel like goals sometimes get a bad rap. Like it's good to be motivated. It's good to have things that you're trying to accomplish. So get after it, plug in some stuff, have some fun with it. If you're listening, you're not going to go download stuff. Like think about your family and friends goals, your travel experiences, charity and community, personal development, hobbies physical goals, fit, physical fitness goals, uh, financial goals, just fucking goals, just things that you want because you want it. Because guess what? That's okay. Your work-related goals, your business-related goals, sales, revenue, et cetera, profit, all those different fun targets. Set all of those goals. And then I want you to friggin' eat some okra, right? And so what has to happen to make the above happen? And the way that we look at this, this is a uh, uh, a tiny little company called Google. I think, I don't know if they originated it, but they, I think they hired a consultant that then went to this tiny little company called Google. And uh, I should start to work. I don't know the guy's name, but basically kind of the, the godfather of OKRs that came up with this OKR framework, if you will, right? So you have objectives, you have key results, and then you have, so that's OKR. And then Taylor Welch, a really smart guy, has sort of gotten me into this framework more because they just, just sort of have rocks and then you got your milestones or whatever, but basically have assignments. And so for me, I like making things, you know, I like acronyming things. So OKRA, right? So you have objectives, you have your key results. And then you have your assignments. Every objective, think big target, right? So this is a big business objective. We want to hit X, Y, Z. It's going to have anywhere from like, on average, let's call it three key results. And the idea with the key results is that every, if you hit each of those key results, the objectives should just happen. Maybe the best way to put it is that if you hit all of your key results for a set of objective, it would be impossible to not hit that objective, right? If you hit your key results for the objective. So you're almost trying to overshoot. Hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. And if we do all those things, like, man, the, we're blowing the objective out of the water, right? Each key result is going to have a set of assignments. So they're going to have little things that need to get done in order to achieve 
the key result. Now you can do this. You can do okay, you can do okra right for quarterly. You can do it for annual. You can do it for any number of sort of time domains, if you will. You're probably not going to do an objective as like a tiny little like it's not worth it to do for a ten minute task like you're, that you're going to knock out in a week. So this is more like project based things, probably things that are more than a couple of weeks in in length at minimum. But you can do this for your annual review if you're thinking like, man, all right, my big objective might be to you know be at XYZ, body composition, whatever the fuck. Well, key result might be related to food. It might be related to, you might have another key result that's related to training. You might have another key result that's related to stress and sleep management, right? And so you're going to then, from those key results, all right, so I've got my key result of XYZ fitness stuff. Great. What assignments, what do I need to do in order to make the key result a formality as well? So I like that framework a ton for setting out these longer term project-driven things that are more, again, project-based in nature. From there, I'm going to take things down and look at some do more of and do less of. Now, again, this is sort of a, a blend of your business review and your personal review. And so for me, I look at these like do more of uh, and tactics and targets as a essentially the thought process that I'm trying to have is how do I make it easier to do things that I want to do more of, right? And how do I make it harder for me to do things that I want to do less of? A lot of this is like James Clear type stuff. Uh, if you've read, uh, I feel like everyone at this point has read Atomic Habits. You should totally get that book. It's an incredible book. But essentially, this section is, is potentially it's like a combo of assignments and then a summary area for things you want to do more of. So I want you to think about habit stacking. I want you to think about impossible and misreminders. I want you to think about lubricating. Nice, right? Hashtag anytime we can make a sex joke. It's a good thing to try to make missing your assignments impossible. So some examples there. If you're trying to work out, you know, whatever, work out every morning, work out three times a week in the morning, whatever it is, that'll be something that you're trying to do more of. A tactic, right? You may have multiple tactics here. One of the tactics might be laying your workout clothes by the bed the night before. I think this is an old like trick from the Ramit Sethi uh, book where it's like, oh yeah, you make that habit really easy. So just you lay your workout clothes out by the bed the night before. Now there's less friction to getting up and working out in the morning, right? You might set wake and bedtime alarms. So you get to bed in time to wake up in the morning and do your Jocko willing like morning workout, whatever the hell. You might also have your pre-workout and your water bottle ready to mix and shake on the nightstand the night before, right? And so then when you wake up, when an alarm hits, it's like, all right, you just need to pour the water bottle into the shaker, shake, 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 for, drink your pre-workout. Now you're wired. Now you're committed. And then throw on your workout clothes that you've already laid out the night before and hit the gym. Like that would be a, probably a pretty good system for getting you to consistently work out in the morning, right? So you have your tactics. You then might have your target. I should probably do two targets, tactics. I should probably switch those around, honestly, and now look at this. But you're going to have your target. So, so what? how will you know you're winning, right, in terms of the things that you want to do more of? And then you might even throw in some carrots and sticks. So for me, uh, I feel like sticks are pretty motivating. So it might be like, all right, I'm going to have a accountability, uh, an accountability buddy that I pay X amount of money every week that I don't hit X number of workouts, right? I feel like that'd probably be a pretty good thing. It might be oh, you know, $100 for every pound over X weight by a given deadline. I know that's probably an unhealthy thing for a lot of people. For me, it worked. Big boy, had a lot of weight to lose. Like, it's not the worst thing ever for me to have a weight loss goal, right? Other things might be uh, business-related. And an example that, that I am working to improve is having more of SPF, right? Specific positive feedback for our team. Because I think a lot of times, I don't think it's super fair to have every single interaction you have with your team to be catching them doing something wrong. That said, my tendency is to sort of like, if things are going well, I'm just like, all right, we're good. I need to focus on 18 million other things and I'm not going to take the time to like tell you good job, which I don't think it's a good thing to be very clear. I, I think that is a weakness of mine as a leader and something I'm actively trying to improve. And so if I'm trying to do more of SPF, well, what might the tactic <laughs> be? Like what, what tactics might, might I put in place to help me do more of S, more SPFing? So I could put reminders in my calendar to shout out the team, both publicly and privately. 
I could make shout outs a part of our weekly meeting agenda, both both publicly in, in like group team meetings and also in one on ones. I might do physical reminders. So I might put a sticky note right here where I'm working to, to remind, hey, SPF, <laughs> you know, so you can put physical reminders in place to try to catch the team doing something right. The target, the target outcome for me there would be like a happier, higher producing team, you know, with greater employer retention and whatever. Carrots and sticks. I don't know. I don't, I didn't have a great idea for carrots and sticks, but it's just a good example of like, you don't need to fill out everything on every single column, but this is, I find a useful framework to be like, okay, this is something I want to do more of, right? I want to work out in the morning. Let's have some tactics to try to add some, some lubrication, right? To things I want to do more of. And then if I have room for some accountability, like, great, let's add room for some accountability. Let's have some, add some carrots, add some sticks, whatever it is. And so maybe if I want to get really creative with this, it might be like, all right, we're going to do a quarterly feedback survey to the team. And every quarter that you have like 9.5 plus across the board da, 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 on your various ratings that you have for your team, then I don't know, maybe I get to buy something I wouldn't normally buy for myself, right? Maybe I get to either pop some champagne or get a Lego set because, you know, I'm that type of person. Do less of similar idea, right? So I want to think about things. This is like a great time of year to think about things that you want to do less of. Think about your not to do list. And so what do you need to stop doing in order to crush the ever loving shit out of your goals, right? And then if it's helpful, you can add ideas for barriers. So things that add friction and make it harder for you to do the things that you don't want to do. Smoke alarms. So indicators for where you're basically doing too much of the thing you don't want to do and or sticks. So ways to stay accountable to your not to do list. And so for me, I want to do less doom scrolling on social media. I think that's an overall sort of negative habit. And so barriers. So what barriers can you put in place that make it harder for you to do the thing that you want to do less of? And so it might be uninstalling the apps from your phone completely. It might be downloading a time, an app blocking application. Those things do exist. It might be turning on focus mode during X hours, right? And you can automate that process actually. So I have it automated now where my phone's going to go to grayscale in the morning and be on work mode first thing when I wake up. You get to lock your phone in the drawer, right? Physical barriers, like throw your phone across the room or leave it downstairs or leave it in the car if you're working in an office, whatever it is. You can do those things. Smoke alarms. So how do you know if you're winning or losing on a given race? So it might be like daily automated screen time reminders. Maybe you can set that up. But this idea of the smoke alarm is that how do we get notified that we are doing too much of the thing that we shouldn't be doing, right? How do we get notified that there's smoke in the house before the house burns down? That's sort of the whole idea, right? The smoke alarm. And then sticks, hey, maybe you have to pay, because again, I, like money is an easy stick. I, I don't think about a lot of different sticks, but maybe you have to pay X amount every week that you violate a screen time target, right? Maybe you could reward yourself, right? In theory. So maybe you say, hey, if you, for every week that you hit your target here, maybe you get, you know, to, to, <laughs> to go back from reference marks, like angry rant episode, Maybe you get to read a book, right? Or maybe you get to play, you know, a couple hours of video games, whatever it is, right? Maybe you go out to a restaurant that you really like, whatever it might be, but you can put in some carrots and sticks for the do less of stuff as well. Now, there's a heck of a lot more that you can do. So I've got some different thinking prompts and things like that, some major events, some stuff that I think is useful for you to do in your annual review. But I really think if you take this now, because this episode is getting a little bit long, if you take this stuff now that we've gone through, right? So look at your numbers, look at your calendar, look at, turn your losses into lessons, your food for thought into lessons and wisdom, download your wins, right? Get yourself a little bit of momentum as you go into the new year and then really unpack, hey, what does your perfect life look like, right? In a year, I'll write that down in the present tense. Hey, I'm so thankful that I've, you know, taken my business to this amount, that I'm only working X amount of, of hours in the business, that my team is on fire, my family loves spending time with me and I love spending time with them, that I, you know, I'm, I'm at home by X amount, X time every day, whatever it is, 
write that in your in the present tense and then basically take those objectives take the goals take your perfect life and work backwards right with okra right objectives key results and assignments and really have a system for getting where you want to go combine that with really doing a systematic like some deep thought and i do recommend that you spend some time on this do some deep thought thinking about the things that you really you know that you want to do more of in your life creating some tactics and targets and carrots and sticks right for those things you want to do more of adding lubrication basically to the behaviors making it easier to doing the making it making it easier to do the things that you want to do more of and also harder to do the things that you want to do less of i think it's an incredibly incredibly powerful thing that you can look at and again you can get the entire annual review sort of document that we have use as much as you want to for free there's no catch at gymmembermachine.com slash annual review. I'd love to know how this process works out for you. Again, there's a little bit more in the document and actually a mini course that walks you through everything in detail. But I'd love to know if you get any value from it. Here's to your best year ever. Love hugs. Talk soon. See you in the next episode.